Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Dharma in the Desert, the official podcast of the Arizona Buddhist Temple. My name, as always, is Michael Tang, and today's topic is extinction. When we think about the word extinction, we usually associate it with dinosaurs, with animals, but in a Buddhist sense, nothing lasts forever, and really not even the Dharma is impervious to this truth. Today, Reverend Lin Sugiyama discusses our ideas of extinction and impermanence, especially as they pertain to the last Dharma age. The last Dharma age is a period of time uh, that Buddhist scholars predicted would see the end of Buddhism as a whole prior to its rebirth. According to the sutras, the Buddha predicted his teachings, or the Dharma, would undergo three major phases. The first, the true Dharma age, is when the Dharma is practiced very seriously and accurately, and when people are able to attain enlightenment. The second is called the Dharma semblance age, when forms and rituals representing the Dharma are embraced more than learning and realizing its essence, leading to fewer people attaining enlightenment. And the last one, the last Dharma age, basically is a period where the Dharma is diluted and corrupted by non-Dharma elements. And, and this is a period of time where few, if any, are able to actually attain enlightenment. It's a very complicated topic, ultimately. And there's a lot of debate as to what age we're actually in. So basically, it can't be covered in a single talk. But Sensei Lin provides a really great introduction to what's ultimately a very difficult topic. Anyways, that's it for me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the discussion. This is the writing of Shina Shonin from the Hymns of the Latter Ages. Entrust yourself to Amida Buddha's primal vow. Through the benefit of being grasped and never abandoned, all who entrust themselves to their primal vow attain supreme enlightenment. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. You know, I want to ask a question to the children. For the children, do you guys like science? No. No, we don't like science. You like science? Okay, good. Okay. So, you know, science for me has always been fun to learn too. I always like to do the like experiments. And so high school, I remember um, we were doing chemistry labs and stuff like that. And even in college, you know, I took a class in chemistry class. So I always remember doing the experiments and having fun and trying to figure it out, how to uh, run the experiments and what, what comes out from the experiments too. And so, my question for you to, from the uh, scientific side is, do you know what extinction means? What does what does extinction mean? Do you mean like if something is extinct? Yeah, okay. Means what else? Okay? Yes. They all died out. They all died out. Okay, how are you? That's right. Means oh, okay, how about you, Joshua? What do you mean? Right, species dies out, right? Okay, that's what that means, it means to die out or to disappear. And so there's certain species of animals that we no longer see or hear of, okay? So even in the zoo, we may not even see these animals, these creatures, because in the wild, they have all died out. And so, like, what sort of animals do you know have become extinct? Okay. 
dinosaurs. And how about you, Sean? Okay. 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 Velociraptor. Okay. Okay. Dinosaur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mainly uh, like dinosaurs or like the woolly mammoth. Okay, I see one more hand going up there, way back there. Uh, a dodo bird. A dodo bird, okay, dodo bird, okay, good. Okay. No, recently I, I think I heard that the, there's a white dolphin in China that they're extinct now, and so, you know, uh, my daughter said the dodo bird, and so <laughs> that's actually my topic for today, was the dodo bird. And so, um, just to let you know, you know, when I was uh, growing up, I used to love dinosaurs, and so um, my mother always got me lots of books on dinosaurs. And my, one time I told my mother, I remember, this is, do you think we could have a dinosaur for a pet? This is when I was just very little still. She says, I don't think so. That dinosaur's going to eat you up if you have them for a pet, she told me. So that was the end of the conversation for us at the time. So anyway, that was... <laughs> My little thing that I wanted to tell you. Anyway, you know, on the uh, I was reading the story, uh, and it's about the dodo bird that I wanted to tell you about. And so these dodo birds, um, they're they're only found on this small island called Mauritius. And Mauritius is this island just off the coast of of East Africa. It's very close to bigger island of Madagascar. And so these animals, these birds, they could not fly. But they were on this island where there were no predators. And so these, uh, there were no animals or like tigers or, or cats, that sort of thing, that would kill or eat up the dodo bird. Well, these birds, they lived by the hundreds of thousands on this island of Mauritius. But then, during the 15th century, Dutch sailors came to the island, and they found all these birds on this island, and so um, they killed a couple of them and ate them and thought they were very good. And so they started hunting down all these dodo birds on this island because they were easy to catch and they were easy to eat because of that. And so the sailors also brought dogs and cats with them to the island. And even these, the dogs and cats, started killing the dodo birds. And so um, within 60 years, because no one controlled the declining population of the dodo birds, then by the 1660s, all the dodo birds were gone. They had become extinct. And so when I heard this story, I was um, somewhat dismayed about hearing about the story. But they were saying that out of all the thousands of dodo birds that, that lived on this island, today we only have there are only like 12 complete skeletons of this bird only 12 complete skeletons of this bird. And so um, uh, they're kept at the museums or, or whatever throughout the world, but there's only 12 of them. 
Well, the story that I had been reading was there was this bone collector in Europe, and his hobby was to collect bird bones. And so, especially for the dodo birds, he was collecting all these bones. And so, um, he was looking through his whole collection, and he discovered that he had enough bones, enough of the dodo bird bones, to make a complete skeleton. And so, he asked a lot of uh, other scientists, and he went to lots of museums, and he looked at the complete dodo bird skeleton, and he was able to make one himself out of the bones that he collected. And so now, there are 13 complete skeletons of the dodo birds that you're able to find through museums or you know, throughout the whole world. So I thought that was really an amazing story that I wanted to share with you on that. So what does extinction tell us? What sort of things does extinction tell us? Okay, yeah. It's back in the past, right? Uh -huh. It tells us the history of, of what we have. But something else, okay? What is? Uh, yeah. Because the Dodo birds couldn't fly, right? They got easily killed off. Okay, how about you, Dylan? Ah, good, good. Conservation. Okay. That's a good word to use, huh? Conservation. We need to conserve life, right? So especially like pandas or uh, other species of animals that are near extinction, we have to create, be conser have conservation in order for these uh, animals to survive. Okay, we cannot kill, keep on killing off species of animals just because there are so few of them, they're so rare or so beautiful that we have to kill them off. And so this also tells us that life is very fragile. That if we don't care about life, animals like the dodo bird disappear, they become extinct. And so we always have to watch how we affect other lives. So sometimes not understanding how limited life is, like animal life or human life, we can easy, easily destroy it if we're not careful. And so especially for the dodo bird, I think people in the past, they weren't comfort careful or they weren't mindful of how fragile this bird's life was. And so that's why it disappeared the way it did. Okay. So then, I want to ask you another question. I have lots of questions for you today. Um, do you think Buddhism, or perhaps even this temple, can become extinct? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Uh, okay. How about you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, you're right. You know, many years ago, you know, the Shakyamuni Buddha, you know, he, he founded Buddhism and he created the order of monks back in the sixth century BC. And one of the things that the Buddha taught was that life was impermanent. Things always change. Nothing ever remains the same. And so the Buddha thought that even with the Sangha, you know, with the group of monks, and even with the congregation of Buddhists, 
that are at the temples or at the monasteries, he said, or he thought, that even with his teachings, even with the practice of the Buddhist teachings, maybe they'll, they'll go into slow decline and die out sometime. Not immediately, like, but maybe within the next millennium. And so, you know, when I took a class uh, on Buddhism at the Institute of Buddhist Studies, uh, we had studied, or we had started reading these kind of things. And so, one of the things that we were taught was that even for Buddhist, Buddhist studies, they can be in the decline. And so, the monks, many years ago, they thought that the decline of Buddhism can, help, can happen in three cycles, these three time periods that they talked about. And so, these three time periods are called the three Dharma ages. The three Dharma ages. And so, the first period, the first cycle is called the period of true Dharma. The period of true Dharma. And this is said to have lasted 500 years. And so, Shakyamuni Buddha, the historical Buddha, passed away some 2,500 years ago. And so, the period of true Dharma means that this is the time when students of the Buddhist teachings, the monks, they were, to, they were able to practice the Buddhist teachings thoroughly and to practice the teachings thoroughly. And so, many Buddhists, many Buddhist monks, they were able to attain enlightenment. They themselves were able to become Buddhas because they were in the right Dharma, the right Dharma age. The second period, the second cycle was called the period of semblance. Okay. Period of semblance. And so they said that this period lasted like about a thousand years. So this is when practitioners, followers like you and I, we were able to, they were able to not fully practice or understand the Buddhist teachings. And so it was very difficult for some people to attain this enlightenment, to become Buddhahood. And so they were able to keep the teachings alive, but some people really didn't understand the Buddhist teachings. And so finally, the third period is called the last Dharma age, the period of the last Dharma age. And so for the past couple thousand years now, it's said that this is the age of decline, the age of, decline, of decay for Buddhism, the Dharma, the Buddhist teachings. So it's said that people can read the sutras and hear the teachings and go to temples or the monasteries, but they have no understanding of the Buddhist teachings. And no, follower, no followers, none of the monks can attain enlightenment because of this. And so because of this decay, this decline in the Dharma teachings, then the Buddha said that this is how Buddhism may become extinct. And so, you know, the founder of Shin Buddhism, what we practice here at the temple, Shinan Shonin, he read this and he thought, yes, definitely for his time period and to now, we're in this last 
Dharma period, last Dharma age. So he stressed that when the saying, when we're saying the Nibutsu, Naomari Dabutsu, this is the only way for us to attain birth in the Pure Land. This is our way of attaining enlightenment. So it's too difficult for us to completely understand the teachings ourselves and to practice thoroughly like the Shakyamuni did. So we rely on Amida Buddha. That is our way of attaining enlightenment and keeping the Buddhist teachings alive. So in my earlier, earlier reading, you know, Shinan Shonin, he wrote, he taught that it's easy for us to say Namari Dabutsu and entrust ourselves to the Amida Buddha. And so it is Amida Buddha's vow, his promise to guide all of us to the Pure Land. So this is guaranteed because it said that Amida Buddha he grasps us and never abandons, abandons us. So he's always grasping us and he's never to abandon us. So this is our Pure Land teachings. And this is how it's easy to say the Nembutsu. It's hard to accept. But this is our way, our path to enlightenment, to become Buddhists ourselves. And so I encourage all of you to keep coming to the temple every Sunday. This is our way of keeping the, teaches, the teachings of the Buddha alive, especially here in Arizona. We have this temple here. And so, you know, even though I said we're in the last Dharma age, that doesn't mean that we have to give up on the Buddha's teachings altogether. So perhaps, you know, things are very hard to understand, the Buddha's teachings, the Buddha's concepts, but this temple is always here for us to learn. And so I hope that all of us here keep on learning about the teachings. And even for myself, I continue to learn and I hope I'm able to teach thoroughly what the Buddha taught. And so I hope that in the, in the years to come, this Buddhist temple, the Arizona Buddhist temple, keeps on continuing and thriving because of all of you, and especially the free cheer of the children, that were able to keep this temple alive. So, I want to thank you for listening. And please join me in Gasho. And again, this is from the reading, The Last Dharma Age, written by Shinran Shonin. Entrust yourselves to Amida Buddha's primal vow. Through the benefit of being grasped and never abandoned, all who entrust themselves to the primal vow attain supreme enlightenment. Please join me, Gashua. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Thank you.